Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. In this episode of the Meta Performance Show, I sit down with CEO of Wirebuzz, Tony Robbins speaker and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Accelerating Yes, Todd Hartley. An expert in sales and marketing, his company's clients include everyone from Justin Timberlake to former presidents of the United States. Why did they come to him? To learn about video-based sales. Todd knows how to grab a hold of people's attention better than anyone I've ever met, and his company knows how to teach others to do that as well. In our conversation, we discuss why video is the most powerful way to communicate with anyone, what he calls the five zones of influence, and how when you get those right, marketing becomes a slip and slide ride that helps people effortlessly buy what you're selling, why good marketing doesn't look humble but actually really is, how to prepare to speak at Tony Robbins events, how he made $350,000 from HubSpot's 30-day free trial, how public gratitude enhances sales, overcoming dyslexia and ADD, and much more. I have so much fun watching Todd win and how he immediately turns everything around and shares his knowledge with his community around him. This was a wonderful conversation with an even better man. I hope you enjoy the show. The wait is finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This USA Today bestseller is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes, and insights from Novus Global Coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novus.global forward slash book. Todd Hartley, man, I, I've known you for a while and I love you. I uh, respect you and I'm so glad that you're on the show. I can't wait for us to learn more about your audience, learn more about you. Thanks for being here. Jason, this is incredible for me to get this opportunity to talk with you and to pour into the audience. I'm thrilled. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So HubSpot has said that you are the first person to ever use video or like specialize in video-based marketing and, and video-based sales. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, but I want to go like Genesis style. Like, Take us to the beginning. Like, How did you stumble upon the idea that video marketing is even a thing or could work? How did that happen? I love this story. Thanks for, thanks for bringing it up. Uh, so I was a talk show host in Phoenix on the number one station in Arizona. And I'm an OG. This is like 1999, y'all. And even the radio stations didn't have a website at the time. So I started, I built a website for my show and started trailblazing and content marketing and search optimization. And I'm like relentless when I'm trying to learn something. And before I knew it, my website was generating 36 million visitors a year on zero ad dollars, just pure SEO content play. And I got more people coming to my website than the largest newspaper in Arizona and they had staff and I had just me. And so eventually the parent company, Clear Channel's parent company, iHeartRadio, hired me to go out to LA to run digital for seven of their largest nationally syndicated talk shows. And while I was at iHeart, 
Jason, I had to report to the head of the network every week. It was like one of those standing recurring meetings where I'm giving him the same info every week. And it was like, Todd, what kind of content is performing the best? And I would say, well, you know, it's video. This is like 2003. And he's like, video? Well, we're audio people. And I go, well, I think your audience is really, they're video people because video is getting 10 times the engagement of any of the audio. And he'd say, oh yeah, that's great, but let's focus on audio. So I kept getting myself in trouble every week. And I kept planting this seed because the iHeart database was like 80 million, 100 million people going there every week across 1200 stations and so on. And I planted a flag by like 2007, where I just said, this video thing's gonna be a beast. What's keeping video from being the biggest thing that's ever happened in business? And I realized it was bandwidth. So I just waited for bandwidth to become available. And then I opened up a digital agency that specialized in using video inside of a business to convince and convert. And that's how I got lucky because I saw the trend inside of the data. You know, the answers are in the analytics. So all I had to do was follow what the audience, the masses were saying. I mean, have you always been an analytics guy? Like, so let's go back to 1999. And first of all, how old were you in 1999? Yeah, it's a great question. I was 25, something like that. And so I was 25. And was I always an analytics nerd? No, I'm wildly dyslexic. And so dyslexic that when I got to college, they waived my math because they were like, dude, you're hurt. And so I didn't have to take math, but when I got into marketing and I was running my own website, I realized that if I wanted to know what my audience wanted, the decisions were in the data. So I had to get really good before there was any training on deciphering what audience was saying and then making the adjustments and then I just learned how to focus on things that I was interested in and the numbers became easy. Most people, even individuals, if they're not running a business or whatever, they've got Instagram, they've got Facebook, they've got LinkedIn, they've got Twitter, they've got threads, they've got, you know, pick your platform. I'm curious, is the data that they give any good? Like if someone's looking to get started and caring about integrating database marketing into whether it's text platforms or, you know, as, as X becomes increasingly video-based, do you have any like thoughts or suggestions how to look at data on social media? Well, I think one of the primary ways is how long are people engaging with your content? And that's really important because if people are only there for six seconds and they bail, that's an indicator that the early part of the article that you wrote or the post or the tweet or the video, that's an early indicator that it sucked. And I think people don't have an attention span problem. I think the, and I know that a lot of marketers claim their audience has an attention span problem, but I think the truth is your stories just suck if people aren't staying around. And so when we're seeing that in the data, that gives us the opportunity to come out quicker or to be a little bit more bold or state a claim at the beginning that you'll prove out later, but be bold. Like great marketing is not humble. It just isn't like as much as I want the world to be humble, great marketing is bold. So you've got to be willing to stand out with your claim and across your content, make sure that the beginning of the content's like the hottest moment because you need to win the next 10 seconds.
So for you, it's like a almost like a football game where every first down you have to win the next. You have to fight tooth and nail to get those yards. Where in this metaphor, yards is more time spent paying attention to the data or to the video. Yeah, and we use things in content like hooks, where we hook them past the opening three seconds or six seconds to earn the next ten. So when I'm editing, there may be like a moment that happens in the video. My team doesn't let me edit anymore, but I love doing it. It's like my hobby, right? Like back in the day when I was growing the business, it was all my, my own videos that I was editing. But if I find something that happens in the video, that's like a breakout moment or something like, and it's a minute in, I got to snip that, pull it to the beginning of the video, use it to grab their attention and then start. So I'm always looking for like, where's the moment that's like, hot or it's got teeth or it has a hook or it's going to claim attention because attention is, and I'm somebody that grew up struggling with attention span my entire life. I work with students at the University of Arizona at the nation's leading academic support program for students with attention disorders. Attention is not like what people think. It's not like that people have a, an impossible time focusing in on a topic. People focus in and everybody's the same. If you have a disorder or not, we don't have attention disorders. We have attention biases. What are things that grab our attention? And when it works for us, we lean in. So even when I work with students and I'm talking with them, I'm like, dude, what's your jam? Like, what do you do when you're not here at school? And Jason, they're like, uh, oh, I, uh, you know, I like, I like Minecraft or I like to play guitar or I like to paint or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. And I go, um, that's awesome. And how long have you been doing that? Oh, I've been doing that for this. Blah, blah, blah. And then they start talking and their light goes on inside. And then I go, great. Do you ever like forget to eat when you're doing something like that? Or maybe you forget to have water or time flies. Oh, all the time. And I go, have you ever considered that maybe you just have a selection bias and you prefer certain topics? So you pour your focus into it and tune out the other things. Because once we realize that, you guys, that's the whole foundation, Jason, of marketing right there. People have biases, grab them and in a bold way and move them along the journey and make it personalized and relevant to their needs, pain and frustration, and make it on demand when they're interested. Your book, Accelerate Yes, talks about the five zones of influences. You mentioned it a second ago. Is that what we're talking about, the first zone? Is that what we're, the hook and... Yeah, that's great. Thank you for bringing it up. Yes, my book, Accelerating Yes, shameless plug, number one bestseller in both marketing and sales. And so there are five zones of influence inside of a business. And I'll break them down really quickly. And then you'll, it'll be really easy to see it. The first zone is how you get discovered from people who don't know you. And inside zone one is like email or social media or ads, might be webinars, you know, however people find you, okay? It might be a partnership or a joint venture. And once you've got their attention, you've got to send them somewhere where they can learn more information, make a purchase, book a meeting, that's zone two. So zone two is your website where they go down a buyer's journey or a rabbit hole, or they learn more, right? And they're all the strategies of what you should be doing in zone two and then zone three is sales. What does sales or support, like customer support, do inside of their day-to-day -day in order to command higher attention, 
transfer more knowledge and convert more customers to accelerate yes zone four is your low-hanging fruit the easiest place to make money and it's off of your existing clientele okay they're the people that already know love and trust you they're the people that already regularly reach into their wallet without a second thought and give you more money and i want to teach people how to make more money from the people that already love them that's zone four and zone five is all about how do you train your staff and your new hires and your stakeholders and your board of directors and your investors to speak the language of the company and that's all about zone five internally preparing your team so everybody's rowing verbally in the same direction so then accelerating yes walks you through that and part of the selfishness of wanting to have you on our show is I, this is a resource for our team i'm hoping that our team resonates with this and then goes to your site because you, you have all this stuff that really does and, and todd you've been so generous to me even just kind of giving me tips along the way and and uh you know private meetings and things like that and kind of helping me along the way you know, one of the things you say is uh that your website should be your best salesperson can you say a little bit more about that yeah, I think people undervalue their website in a world where over 90% of buyers do not want to talk to the salesperson at first interaction. They want to vet the company, evaluate them, and then talk with a salesperson. But most websites, most businesses are engineered for a world in which their buyers do not want to comply in, right? So we need to flip the script and create an environment that is supportive to helping people through the decision-making process. I saw a stat from LinkedIn recently released, and it was like, I had like a, one of those moments that my brain just had like a, a whole transformation. This one stat, 73% of decision-makers are reviewing your business late in the evening or first thing in the morning. 73% of decision-makers, so what does this mean? This means if your website isn't ready for prime time, your website's losing you money and deals are dribbling out. But it also means 73% of decision makers are evaluating you when your salesperson's not around, when your salesperson could have just had a meeting and they crushed it and now they're at dinner celebrating, but then the vetting goes on, the investigation's going on and somebody's going to your website and when there's a disconnect between what your sales team says and what your website says, and there's a disconnect. Now you've got a sales feng shui problem, right? We need these things to align and flow together. It needs to be like your best salesperson's also living on your website. And so like, I'm interested in alignment in my relationships to making sure that like my relationship with my wife and I were aligned like every morning when we get up, we have our morning time together where we focus on our day together and we pray together and we get into bed when we do the same thing, alignment. But we don't do that with our marketing and our sales. We have massive disconnects. So once people connect those two things and have the same examples and the same testimonials and language and so on, now their buyer slides through their decision-making process like they're on a slip and slide that's when the business becomes fun and people start celebrating more often. So obviously Accelerating Yes is a template for that. If people can buy that, they can check that out. And then Wirebuzz is the company that you've had for several years. And that's more of a, 
I don't want to call it high end because I want to price people out, but that's like a little more of an investment. And if you want like consulting, coaching around orchestration, designing your company, designing a slip and slide for your ideal customer, Wirebuzz is where that really happens. Yeah, that's true. So I, I have three businesses. I've got an agency that helps businesses, Fortune 500s, aggressive startups we specialize in, and we help them merge their two worlds between marketing and sales so they can close more deals. And that to me is a whole lot of fun because you start to see revenue grow really quickly. Um, one company, Live Person, we did the marketing and the sales and within 90 days of aligning their business, revenue jumped within 90 days, jumped 31% and they brought in $119 million in new deals. And like that for me is fun. And then I do trainings for individuals and for sales teams. And, and that's one of my businesses too. And I just love helping people play at their next level. So, okay. So a few questions about that, because I know you worked with Justin Timberlake and you helped with launch one of his new products. Can you share a little bit about how, what that experience was like? And now we're dabbling a little bit into some of the folks that you run with, and we're going to get to Tony in a second. Okay. So I'll tell you, I'm heavily NDA'd. Uh, non-disclosure agreements, not because I saw anything, but because that's the first step before you get these meetings and you know it, I know you know this because you have a lot of high profile clients. What I can tell you is, cause I got this approved is his team is literally the most buttoned up people I have ever worked with. Let me give you an example. Dudes, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Dudes on his team in the middle of summer would show up in my agency's office at Wirebuzz and it's 120 outside and they're in like suits and like three piece suits and they look friggin' awesome. And I would say to my wife that morning, I'd go, I don't want, I'm not looking forward to the meeting today because I have to wear a suit, right? Because it's billion degrees outside. And then one time I was on a flight with them to Vancouver and we didn't even have business that day. We were just traveling up there next day meetings. And all I'm in like airplane clothes, you know, like travel clothes for the day and jeans and stuff. And they're all in suits. And I'm like, oh, I got it wrong. They were just incredible to work with and exactly what you would expect from Justin Timberlake, like buttoned up to the nines. Yeah, that's awesome. So then, okay. So then I think you can talk about this and you generated like $350,000 of revenue on a free HubSpot trial. Can you talk about how you did that? Yeah. Okay. So HubSpot just came out. They were like a brand new baby CRM. My team and I got it. We were like, we don't even really understand how this thing works. So we got this idea. We were like, well, we're the video people. What if we send out to everybody in our database emails that have videos in them and we dog whistle in the subject that there's a video. So everybody sees it in their inbox. And so we, in that 30 day free trial, we generated $350,000 in business. And I decided, cause I'm the video guy that I would create a testimonial for HubSpot. So I sent it to HubSpot and then I spied on the back end and watched that video go viral within the HubSpot organization. And then they reached out to me and they were like, Hey, could you guys start speaking on our behalf? And I just started making friends with them and they came up with a, a term for me. The people who came up with this term are clearly not marketers because I could have come up with a better term, but they call me the original schmarketer. It's a combination. It's a smush in of smart sales marketer, schmarketer. And, uh, <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Like I've, I was like, I guess, I guess we now have to pay for it. So we made some money. 
Yeah, you must you must have. So for two things I want to highlight if you're listening to this. One is when you find products that you love, because uh, you are really good. We're going to double click on a few things here in a second in terms of just how you've been able to build really powerful, mutually beneficial relationships. Uh, when you find something, if you're listening to this, when you find something that you love, let them know. Let them know. Use it if you're maximizing it. Yeah, that's convicting, I suppose, in some ways, Todd, because we use Asana religiously in our firm and our companies. And we've we've been using it for years. We use it in a way that we think no one else uses it. And I don't think we've ever told them how much we love their product and how grateful we are for their product. And it's interesting. I wonder what that would open up for us if we were a little more generous with our praise and building a relationship because who doesn't love that? Well, I think the secret is James Taylor and it's shower the people you love with love and show them the way that you feel. And Things are going to work out fine if you only will. So to give you an example, I knew nobody at Tony Robbins and I went through Business Mastery, his premier business event. And revenue jumped 76% in three months and we increased our profitability seven times. And so I created a thank you video, a testimonial. And because you guys got to understand, video is the most powerful tool in the business world. I could write an email, but anybody could write an email. And Let's pause there just for a second, because can you tell us why video is so powerful? It's not intuitive to people, and it feels like work, and, it, and you know, if our listeners are skeptical, convert us to why video is so powerful. Because I don't, Todd, like, I don't use video much, so talk to me. Like, why am, I, why am I losing money by not using video? Yeah, video is the most powerful tool in the business world, and it will be for the rest of your career. And the reason is, I'm going to give you three points that you need to know. Jason, do you need to earn more attention from your prospects? Of course. People are four times more likely to watch video than to read anything you write. Okay? They're not expecting Spielberg out of your videos. They aren't. They're not expecting you to be airbrushed by a Kardashian glam squad before you get on camera. They aren't. They're expecting connection with you. Connection beats perfection every damn day of the week. So the first thing is earning attention. Video does it four times better. The second thing is transferring knowledge from your big, massive brain right into your prospect's brain like this, like effortlessly. And when you do that with video, they retain 95% of the message when they watch it in video, but only 10% when reading. Reading is inferior. Video gets 9.5 times higher knowledge retention. And then when you want to convert them into customers, which I know you want to, everybody wants conversion after watching a product, service, or solution video, the audience is 85% more likely to buy. So when we communicate, anytime you need to motivate somebody, use video as your primary motivational tool. Hi, my name is Mike Park, and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. The faculty of the Meta Performance Institute not only provided the training, tools, and experience to learn how to coach people toward powerful growth and thrilling results, but also advocated for that kind of growth and results in my own life. I had the unique opportunity to have world-class executive coaches invest in my development, both professionally and personally. It's a privilege to be part of a tribe of coaches fiercely committed to exploring what we are capable of together. If you're looking to become a coach or to set up your coaching practice to reach the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching to fill out a free assessment of your abilities as a coach and to connect with someone to find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute.
That's great. So then you, you mentioned two categories there, product, service. What was the second one? Solution. It's really anything you're trying to sell. Yeah. And then you've done a few of these things for me and some of our mutual friends. Can you give our, our listeners just some basic down and dirty? I know like they should go to a Tony Robbins event to get the real spiel, the whole spiel, the down, they get the deep loader or hire your company. What are a few like down and dirty tips that they can just take right now and start applying? Like you're saying put video in email. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Use video. And by the way, when I say using video, it could just be from your phone, like you would send a video wishing uh, your mom happy birthday. But with a prospect, let me give you an easy way to do it. One of the most expensive areas in every business where revenue is being lost is an area that people totally tolerate. Tony Robbins always tells his audience, you get what you tolerate in life. So what do businesses tolerate? They tolerate a minimum of a 20% no-show rate on every first meeting. That's unacceptable because right there is the moment when you could win 20%. You already paid for them to book a meeting with you. So what if the day before every new first meeting, you grabbed your phone and you connected with them, you gave them a promise of transformational value that they're going to get, and you remind them to double check the calendar. And because video earns more attention and it's a higher perceived value that the recipient gets, they watch it. The video is like, hey, Jason, it's Todd Hartley, and I'm excited for our meeting tomorrow. And by the way, this will be the most impactful meeting that you have all year for doing X, Y, and Z. Check your calendar. It's on mine. It looks like you have already committed and confirmed, but double check your calendar because I can't wait to help you achieve your business goals. I'll see you tomorrow at noon. Like, boom, Jason gets that. And he's like, Todd means business. And what did I just do? I saved 20% uh, that would have normally been tolerated as a loss. Another example is when you go to submit a proposal, when you ask for the deal, even when the person's like, I love this, send me an agreement. You have to pump the brakes right there and go, I need to send this dude a video where I walk him through the proposal, even though he already said, I love it. Take three minutes, create a video, put the proposal on the screen, and then walk them through the points because every buying decision, unless it's an impulse buy, like this hat that I'm wearing or the earphones that I've got in, almost every buying decision is a collaboration between somebody and their spouse or a business partner or other stakeholders that need to sign off. And when you create a proposal video or a, a video for submitting the deal, videos are 90, 92% of videos are going to be shared. So when you send that video, it goes internally inside the organization. And now you're in the decision maker room, helping to close your deal when your competitor isn't. That's amazing. So then you want to give any shout outs to any tech that you use for these types of things? Yeah, love it. If you text message with your prospects or send email using a tool that I am rolling out called Clarity, Clarity.video is launching um, by the time this airs, will already be launched. And um, and it allows you to create like click funnel landing pages and put video on there and spy on the viewers so you get notified who's really interested as a buyer. You can text message, you've got a CRM in there, you've got a deal board, you've got all the tools that you need to create these types of videos. And I see people winning on a minimum 31% more deals 
to 270% more deals just by going visual. Because we date visually, at least I did before I earned one of these, right? And if you saw my wife, you'd know that I was a very good visual dater. And By the way, just for our listeners, he held up his hand and had a ring on it. So when he's saying, oh, yeah. sorry, when I got one of these, he's not talking about his wife. He's talking about the wedding ring. <laughs> but like we, we do everything visual. So why aren't salespeople upping, upping their game to be more visual? That's where decisions are really made. So again, if you're listening to this, you can see this is just scratching the surface of Todd whenever I hang out with him and whenever I see him do his thing. It's this rich, there's practicality to it. He's got, it's all systematized. He's got funnels, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's so much fun to watch and it's fun to watch you win as you work with people. So now let's go back to the story. So you went to business mastery, increased sales 73%, increased profitability, all this stuff's happening and you make a thank you video. Yeah, generosity, gratitude, sincerity is often the most valuable marketing tool. So what did I do? How did I open up all these doors that were closed to me? I used video. I created a, a testimonial story about how this Tony Robbins event changed my company. And it was not BS. We hit the Inc. 5000 list. Um, we went through the pandemic with a big bank account full of cash. Everybody at the beginning of COVID was told that if we don't pick up another client for a year, you're all good. Just go home and love on your family and your clients. And we had our best year ever. So I had to create a video. It was like, you know, a winner's obligation is to thank and give back. So I created a video. And the next thing they were like, hey, uh, we'd like to jump on a call with you and find out more about your business. And they hired me as a vendor. And then Tony Robbins reached out and asked me to train 105 of his personal businesses in his portfolio of companies that he's invested in. And I trained them how to use video and revenue went through the roof. And he was like, brother, you got to get out there and teach this to people. And my life started anew because I was willing to pour back into somebody and thank them. And I used the right tool. Look, an email wouldn't have worked. A photo with me with text on it, it would have been in one ear, out the other. But I watched that video on the back end and got super creepy and watched his organization watch that video like so many times that it put me in a special place and it got the relationship started. So then, but at this point, you're not really a public speaker or anything. You're, you've been on radio, you're doing the thing, and you've got this great company, Wirebuzz, you're growing it. And then Tony says, hey, come and train, you know, 150 of my people, and you come and you do that, and that's a raging success. Then what happens? Because I, I just love this trajectory for you as this part of your career. Jason, thank you for bringing it up. I struggled miserably with attention and learning disabilities, was not competitive in school, but my parents recognized that I did have a gift, and it was the gift to gab and to entertain. So whenever there was a speaking contest at school or in town, my parents always submitted me and I'd always win. So I was always a speaker and I wanted to get into radio so I didn't have to travel like a professional speaker. So that was why I got into radio originally, because I wanted to stay home, you know, and be with my wife and all that good stuff that happens around the house. And then it kind of went I was speaking a couple times a year here and there and training my clients and going into their national sales meetings and training their sales or their marketing teams. But it wasn't until, oh, I kind of had like this weird trajectory. I mean, I went to the biggest stage in the world like first, and now I'm working my way down into smaller stages. Like who gets that? Like who plays in the Super Bowl first and then goes and plays Pop Warner? 
and actually I'm curious, I, I've never asked you this question because before you went and did one of your Tony events, you ran through it with a bunch of our friends and mutual friends. And was that the first time that you had ever been on Tony's stage like that? Or was that the second time, third time? Like what order was that? Okay. That was the first time I was going to be in person on a stage in his virtual studio. But I had already done the training to 105 of his businesses, 1,500 employees. But what I wanted to do is refine. And I'm a big fan, Jason, of refinement. And I'm a practicer. I understand repetitions, the mother's skill, and you're rewarded in public for what you intensely practice and refine in private. So I don't get nervous because I put in the proper work. I get excited, but not nervous. But if you ask me when I was the most nervous, was the more nervous than stepping out on Tony's stage. I got that. Was when I did the uh, live training for you and about 15 of our speaker friends. And these are like 15 of the top speakers. You know, we got Hall of Fame speakers. We've got guys that are making a fortune. We got guys that own multiple homes in like vacation areas. And so, yeah, I did that event for you guys. And I was looking for feedback, but I was more concerned doing it for you guys than doing it in front of Tony. I was so impressed. I want to brag on you a little bit. And, you know, as, as a person who loves speaking publicly and, and wants to continue to grow in that craft, I just was so impressed with your process. And really all I got to see, I feel like was the, the tip of the iceberg in terms of you running through with us and then asking for feedback from some of the best speakers in the world, not me, but some of our friends who are on that call. And Todd, like what ramped up to that? So give us a little bit of like talk prep. How do you prepare? How do you make sure that, what's your due diligence look like so that when you go out on really one of the world's largest stages with Tony, that you are not nervous, you're excited? So first, I love this question because nobody ever asked me this question, but this is often the most important things that I can do. I teach it in trainings, but I call it speaking extemporaneously. And what I do is, by the way, if I was Jerry Seinfeld and I was going to go do a HBO special, I'd work my shtick on stage, right? And I'd go to like multiple comedy clubs and I'd refine, but this is the beginning of the pandemic. And if I was going to play in the Super Bowl, I would go to training and I'd get into shape and I would play in some games that didn't matter. And, um, but I didn't have that. So what did I do and how can people replicate this? I was like, where are my areas where I'm uncomfortable and acknowledge it and write it down. And then how can I create repetitious exercises in the areas where I'm uncomfortable? So what I did is my first three minutes is the most uncomfortable I am. The rest of the time, I just kind of fall into the horse's saddle and I'm ready to roll. So I decided I was going to practice my first three minutes and know it, but not have it be word for word. It needs to come from my heart. It needs to be a connection from the universe or the divine right into my head and right out my mouth. Okay. So I got myself every day on where do you go during a pandemic in order to speak in front of people? Like you go nowhere. So where are people when everybody's in lockdown? There's only one place and it's the supermarket. So I put my headphones in. I have a Costco across the street from our office. And I realized I needed the body language and the interaction from people and tune that out because it's a lot going through a speaker's head. 
So I put my headphones in and my mask on and I went into Costco and I walked counter the traffic, counterclockwise, the traffic. So I'm weaving in and out of traffic, staying on point while recording me doing my opening three minutes. And then when I was done, do it again, do it again. And it didn't need to be perfect. It needed to be about connection, right? So then anytime the dog had to go potty, headphones in, walk the dog and do your shtick. Don't negotiate with yourself because you're not going to feel like it's your moment when it happens. You're not going to be able to baby yourself and say, well, I'm not ready for it. I'm not in peak shape. So every time dog needs to go to the bathroom, every time you go in the car, work your spiel. Every time you walk into a store, headphones in, go. And so I stopped negotiating with myself. I started polishing it. And before I knew it, it just flowed out of me naturally. And while I was nervous or while I was excited and I'm like, can you believe all these eyeballs are looking at you right now? All I could do was hear myself being trained and hearing myself giving out the exact message like I've done it a thousand times before because I already did. That's incredible. I love that. That's so inspiring, Todd. And, and uh, definitely I'm, gonna, I'm taking notes too as we're having this conversation because I really do love learning from you. Jason, people, thank you. It's very sweet of you. We can't miss this point. People need to seize their friggin' moment in life. Like how many moments are we going to be given? And if we're given a golden moment, shouldn't we step up and just own it? Like I was told by somebody, this place doesn't invite a lot of speakers back. So enjoy it while you're here. I hope you get some good photos. Like I heard that and I was like, oh, they don't know me. I came to win. They're going to, I'm going to be there forever. Right? So I think people need to, instead of being nervous, rise up to the moment and be like, dissect, where am I uncomfortable? How can I get myself into repetition, the mother of skill? And how can I elevate to remove any of the possibilities of failure? Like Kobe Bryant was, is just, you know, renowned for the amount of time he spent in the gym. What is wrong with people to think that it's going to be a, a moment and it's going to be either lightning's going to happen or it isn't like, no, that's too much of an investment, too much of a rare opportunity to miss on, like get up there and seize it. What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders, and faith in government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now just go to novus.global forward slash now. So then I imagine with that comes, as I'm thinking about you putting a mask on and walking around a, a grocery store during a pandemic, you know, or even, you know, I've seen you do videos. I know you had like a, like nose surgery and you're putting yourself on video, even though you've got like a bandage on your nose. Like there is a, there is like, there's a question I've always wanted to ask you. I'm going to say it the wrong way. The wrong way to say it is like you embarrass yourself or even the, like, like the cover of your book, like the cover of your book, it's a Wall Street Journal bestselling book, you know, did very well. It's doing very well. And when I look at the cover, it's like you like throwing money into the air, like making it rain. And there's like the wrong way to say it is Todd, like I judge it. You know, I'm like, oh, wow, like that's 
like money grubbing or slimy or sleazy or whatever. And this is a question I wanted to ask you even from the beginning of the conversation where you were like, you got to hook people, like you got to grab, you got to get people's attention. And I, I see so many people, I'll, I'll use myself. I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily want to do what's necessary to grab people's attention because I feel like it's inauthentic or it's not my brand or it feels uh, greedy or, you know, or whatever. How do you respond to somebody? And I'm asking for myself, but also, you know, our coaches are listening to this and I want them to win. Like I want them to be successful. I want them to not only they're amazing coaches. I think sometimes we're like the world's best kept secret. Like we got all these amazing coaches and people don't even realize how their lives can change. You know, your life has been changed by coaching. So has mine. Their lives can change. So how do we get people's attention without, I guess, turning them off? How would you respond to that whole dump of thought that I just placed in front of you? Okay. I love it. I think it's such an important topic and most people are stuck inside of their comfort zone. Comfort is the enemy of growth. So when Tony Robbins first booked me, uh, as Jason knows, because he's a dear friend, I was going through skin cancer and two spots on my face and right in the center of my nose. And I had to do all my trainings, those trainings that I told you about, the 105 companies with my face totally gauzed up. Now I had a choice. I could delay Tony Robbins and miss my moment. People need to seize their moment. Remember this. I could delay because I need to be like a GQ model, right? Got to look like a GQ model before I can serve people. Or I could put my vanity in the right place and put my desire and willingness to serve people above everything. So I want to help impact lives. I want to make sure that I grab attention. My nephew said to me, he's like, Uncle Todd, he was at this time, he was like 12. Uncle Todd, why are you so goofy in your videos? And what he's asking is your question. Like, don't you have any respect for yourself, Uncle Todd? <laughs> and here's what <laughs> I was like, dude, do you realize I'm competing against cat videos? There's like people have all these options. They could be watching something about Coach Prime at, at University of Colorado talking to his players. They could be looking at music or anything. I need to stand out. So like, yes, my team and I had a long conversation about the cover of the book. And I was like, oh, it's got to be a video with a play button. Well, what should be in the inside? And we spent months on what should be it. And what we decided was we wanted people to see the end result. We wanted them to see their life transformed with money because they're using the power of video to accelerate. Yeah. So we went through the whole thing and I know there's always a trade-off, but I, as you know, I'm humble and I'm, I'm <laughs> sincere. Like yeah. I am yeah. in nor in This is marketing. And so if I got on stage and I was humble, I'd be boring, but I do a like sweet and sour mix. So I'm going to be incredibly vulnerable and candid on stage while also teaching you. So I get my humility across and the sincerity part and people open up their heart to me. But in order to teach, I also have to drive them and be motivational. And there's like a sweet and sour mix that you've got to develop for yourself. Well, and I feel like I'm curious, I want to kick this around with you because I feel like people misattribute humility and arrogance. So like arrogance is not going to the Tony event because you've got gauze on your nose. That's arrogant. Arrogant is thinking that you're too good to have to go to the grocery store, put on a mask and do the reps to nail the first three minutes. Like it's arrogant to wing it. It's arrogant to just expect, you know, everything to happen for you 
it's humble to do the reps. It's humble to do what's necessary in order to get people's attention. It's humble to even potentially embarrass yourself for the sake of potentially helping someone. Now, are you going to win financially? Yes. But of course, you know, Todd, Tony wouldn't keep inviting you back if he didn't feel like he was getting the better end of the bargain in terms of what he's paying you or, you know, for coaches, people keep hiring you over and over again to work with you as a coach. Yes, you're getting paid and yes, you're making money, but obviously they feel like they're getting a pretty good deal too. Otherwise they wouldn't keep doing it. So there, it seems like there's this misattribution uh, of what humility and arrogance is. And I wish I could form that in the frame of a, a question for you to respond to, but I'd love your thoughts. It's really beautiful. I had never thought of it that way, but I think you're right. And I think as a teacher or a guru or a thought leader or a speaker or a coach, I just add as much value into people's lives. If I hold back, like if I'm, if I deal with scarcity, like people are like, dude, you just dumped a whole lot of value. Like now I can totally, I get this all the time. I can't believe the amount of value I just got. I bring this up because I'm not running out of material. Like I'm a fountain for material. Like a lot of people are like, think that they're coaching and their lessons are limited in what they can share. But if they get on the front end and proactively learn throughout their day, like I'm constantly learning new things, there's no end to the value in which I can, you know, bless people with. That is my goal. So if I get on stage and I teach you how to do some things that are incredibly valuable and in two hours transform your business, I didn't just give you everything I got. I'll come up with more stuff. I love that. One of my mentors taught me years ago, he said, Jason, if I don't give ideas away, I'm never going to get new ones. And so he has to create space for new ideas to come by giving the ones that he has away. I found that to be mostly true in my life as I love to, you know, whether it's speaking or, or writing or creating content. Like my, In fact, my favorite moments is when I get to just give something to somebody and then creating revenue off of that is kind of an added bonus. Yeah. I, giving is the secret to living. Yeah. Yeah. Say more about that. Cause part of, and Todd, you know, one of the reasons why we're, we're going to have you on again, because we haven't even touched like the stuff that you've done with the White House and with cancer research and, and all these different ways that you seek not only to do well, but to do good. And at the firm, not a lot of people know this at the firm, it's actually, there's a parent company and it's called the Noble Company. And the, the values of the Noble Company are prosperity, creativity, community, and then generosity. And I know, you know, we have a mutual friend, John Rulin, and then we're going to have him on the show coming up around the way that he uses giftology and generosity. And I'd love for you to say that again and talk a little bit more about how generosity has played into the success you've created. And you can talk both professionally and personally. Yeah, thank you. By the way, that tease for John Rulin coming up on the podcast is incredibly valuable. You guys do not want to miss that interview. I will be in the audience because every time John teaches... I become better and I learn more. And so make sure you, you keep your eye open for that. Oh, I'm so excited. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. He's got a real gift. So uh, I feel weird saying that. Like I didn't mean it as a, his business is called giftology. So uh, yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, it just felt weird. It just came right, but he has a gift. So here's the deal. I just am, if you could probably tell, I'm incredibly passionate and I love to give. My stepmom and wife are breast cancer survivors. So I, realized I'm a digital marketing, video marketing nerd. I can create a movement. So I created the largest library of patient submitted questions to the world's leading experts in the fight against breast cancer. And we did that all in video. 
and generated 14 million views and in one year, 1.1 million followers and the American Society of Breast Surgeons jumped in and supported me. Like bold action in giving. And though we started it when my stepmom was diagnosed with breast cancer, a year and a half later, we already had that huge platform that didn't exist a year and a half before, right? A year and a half later, my wife became the next breast cancer patient in the family. And Wendy and I had all the answers to every question we could have ever wanted because I already did all the interviews and they were at our fingertips and life became significantly easier. So I just jump in and it's a problem because I enjoy doing it so much. But what ended up happening for me and for my career was something that I could not have visualized in the advancement of the giving. Like maybe 60% of my clients are in the medical space and many of them in the fight against cancer and their Fortune 500 companies because all these businesses were like, yo, who's that dude that just blew up the cancer initiatives? And then the White House found out. And for the last two administrations, I've been advising them on how to interact with patients and physicians to get their policies out. What an incredible honor to serve your country in the most non political way that impacts people. And when I got asked, it was like, yeah, of course. Like, I don't even need to be on the same political side because everybody's in favor of winning against cancer, right? So it's like, they, I think when you give and you give altruistically from your heart, Jason, doors open that you will never imagine. And I've got dozens of stories like this. So I encourage people, if you want to start opening doors, start giving in a bold way and start impacting people's lives and opportunity will flow your direction. Yeah, and you know, if I could add just one thing to that, it's uh, and giving with excellence. You know, like the videos you made, I'm assuming were, weren't just thrown together. It wasn't just, you know, a college project. What is it the thing that you do better than anybody else you know and give that away boldly with excellence? And if you don't, what would you say, by the way, so I was listening to this and they're thinking, I don't really know what I have to give or what should I give or what, where should I start? What would you say to them? I love this question. My God, you're like hitting home runs. I think this is all about turning our mess into our message. So what is the mess that you've already overcome? Where have you persevered through adversity? What open wound has healed and become a scar that you're now able to teach people so they can heal faster? Like, what is it? For me, nothing shook my foundation in life more than my wife's diagnosis of breast cancer. So I'm at all of these medical conferences around the world and I'm advising businesses and it's wonderful for me. It's like giving back. I never feel like I'm working. The second area that shook my foundation was I was uh, in all the slow kid classes and humiliated and ashamed with dyslexia and a bunch of other learning disabilities that held me back from being the man that I always wanted to be. And once I figured it out and I overcame, I. You know, I'm on the board of the Salt Center at the University of Arizona because I want to give back. So find out where your healing has happened, an area of mastery, and you don't have to be at like the guru level, but some area where you have some expertise because you've gone through it. Maybe you've gone through a divorce and now you can help advise and guide women who are right now where you were and you will see an incredible amount of healing. I just give you one last thing. I didn't tell anybody about my learning disabilities until I was in my 40s. That's how ashamed I was. My family kept it as a secret. Then I started teaching people about attention span and I realized, oh my God, 
I'm probably one of the best verse people to talk about attention span and marketing. Maybe, no, don't do it. That's embarrassing. Maybe you should tell your stories about your struggles with learning disabilities. And then all of a sudden, once I started sharing it, I was healed of all of the humiliation. I don't care. Nobody can say anything because I used it as an opportunity to help other people. And now I'm like insulated from anybody's judgment about me that kept me in prison for so long. Yeah, I love it. Well, and speak, so uh, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for your generosity. So for our audiences, you know, whether it's he's got a podcast, you can check out his podcast, whether it's his book, Accelerating Yes, uh, he's doing these masterminds where you can do like a like a nine week crash course on video marketing. I think by the time people listen to this, one's going to be in mid process, but another one's starting in a couple months in the spring. Is that right? Yeah, I teach people how to sell faster inside their business and using the power of video situationally to close deals. And I just get like, for me, the most fun is the transformation. Lady approached me and said, I finished your last mastermind in like May. We've already tripled our revenue. I see this all the time. And it's really simple to incorporate inexpensive videos, like inexpensive. It's just right out of your phone. You just have to own the phone. If you own the phone and you're trying to convince people one way or another, you're qualified. And people could go to an easy place to find out more and to schedule a meeting with my team to learn about it is Wirebuzz. That's my agency name, Wirebuzz, W-I-R-E-B-U-Z-Z.com forward slash sell, S-E-L-L. And I'll teach you how to sell faster. I love it. And then of course, we can catch you on the main stages. We're uh, in front of thousands, sometimes millions of people with Tony Robbins events. And Todd, I really enjoy watching you win. Uh, the best is yet to come. I can't wait to see uh, what you're up to in the next couple of years. And I, you know, thanks for modeling for us what it means to work hard and to work well and to work generously. And thanks for being on the show. Jason, thank you for being my friend. You know, I um, admire you. I admire you on many levels. And you know that I, I get motivation from Jason every day. And I'm so grateful to be amongst those people that you get to impact and you've impacted my life tremendously. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Thanks, Todd. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. All right. We have a few more things to let you know about before we go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people you care about. Okay, second, we have more resources for you online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. 
simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this thinking, maybe you want to be a coach, or maybe you already are and you have a vision to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp, as in Meta Performance, Institute. There we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create the coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Steven Selnick as producer, and editors and audio engineers, Drew MacPal and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.